Welcome to our weekly Church on the Rock podcast. For more information, visit us at churchak.org, download our Church on the Rock AK app, or like us on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy our weekly podcast. Here we go. Wrap it up. Live it out loud. Living out of Psalms. Thankful is the last theme we're pulling out. Pretty excited about this. I love anything to do with praise and thankfulness and all that good stuff. And uh, thank you kids for moving along. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I was greeting people this morning and, and there was a little guy uh, new, new to the church and he had a question for me. He said, is this all about Jesus today? <laughs> I said, it's always about Jesus, man. <laughs> so I tell you, some of these kids, they are dialed in. They, you can't get nothing by them. They're ready. They're ready. They know who Jesus is, and they want to, they want to hear about Jesus. And, and it is all about Jesus. But today, as we look into uh, the Psalms, one of the things that you'll see sprinkled throughout, abundantly throughout the Psalms, is Thanksgiving. Psalms 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's how we enter into his presence. Thanksgiving and praise. We talked about praise. I remember Smith Wigglesworth. He was a plumber who got born again, got radically saved and transformed. And so he began to hold meetings. He became the apostle of faith. He has, he has been called and labeled. And uh, he was a great faith healer, a great revivalist, had massive meetings and really impacted history, the history of the church. And uh, he would have these big meetings in old barns and tents or whatever. People would just come in and pack the place out. And uh, he was just this incredible man of faith. And if people didn't come in with thanksgiving and praise, he would make everybody exit and come in one more time the proper way. He says, you enter God's courts with thanksgiving and praise. And that's what we see fresh out of Psalms 100. And, uh, you know, there's an the old saying out there. Uh, your life is a gift from God. And what you do with your life becomes a gift back to Him. So I could just see... Uh, Something that should be characterized the believer's life is the spirit of thankfulness and thanksgiving. Thanks living is what we should be about. Your life, just think about this, should be lived out as a thank you note back to God. I think that's appropriate. Our lifestyle should be natural for believers. Should be something that should just be flowing from our lives because of simply because of who we are, born again people who've been transformed from the inside out, once dead, now alive. Amen. That should transform your life to live that way. Do you know Thanksgiving will increase your happiness? It'll do that to you. It'll make your life more meaningful and more significant. You'll feel that way. Psalms 50, 23 says this, Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me. If you're wondering how you can honor God, there you go. Just live a life of thankfulness. Just let it flow. Let that roll off your tongue often, and you'll honor God in a great way. God wants, I believe, more than anything of our lives is an attitude of gratitude and to live that out. You know, scientists have proven over and over again that gratitude actually is the healthiest emotion you can have. It'll do something for you. It's, it, uh, it, it'll make you emotionally healthy in so many ways. If you're lacking emotional health, 
begin to walk this out often. Discipline your life to live out a spirit of thanksgiving. It's all through the scriptures, especially in Psalms. We'll dial in on that. Let me just make this super practical today because this is something that we should apply to our life. There is much application, and we just need to do this. First of all, why live a life of thankfulness and thanksgiving is because of who God is. You're like, really? That's it? That's pretty much a no-brainer, isn't it? Who is he? Well, think about this. If God was mean-spirited and vindictive and malicious, if he was that kind of creator, there'd be no reason for us to be thankful. If he didn't care about our life, if he was completely detached, you wouldn't be thankful. If he was inconsistent, uncaring, cruel, unreliable, and couldn't be trusted, then you would not have any reason to be thankful. But God is absolutely none of those things. He is completely the opposite of that. The Bible says, Psalms 145.3, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Man, that's one reason to praise him. Because who he is, he's great. He's not puny. He's not weak. He's not powerless. God is great and has no rivals. He is powerful and you cannot solely fully search him out in any way. You cannot even understand his greatness completely. Why is that worth my gratitude? Well, let me tell you what. If God is big enough to create the universe, then he's big enough to handle all your problems. That's pretty, that should be, you should be thankful for that. You may not think that God is interested in you, but if he put enough interest in the detail of the universe all the way down to the minutest of the DNA and what happens there, then you could be set assured. He is interested in every detail of your life because he's great. He's powerful. Every problem you bring to God is small. There is no big problems for God. God is great. Here's another reason for who he is. Psalms 107.8 says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. No one's ever going to love you like God loves you. No man will ever love you like God loves you. No woman will ever love you like God loves you. The only reason why you could give and receive love is because God is love. Because of who he is. The reason why we have love in the universe is because God is love. If God was not love, there would be no love in the universe. You would not experience love. The reason why you can do that, though, is because you're created in his image. Psalm 717 says, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. That's a good one, too. In other words, God's always going to be fair. He's righteous. He's just. Fair. He's unprejudiced. He's unbiased. This is important because we live in a world that has a justice system that's all out of whack. And nobody's getting justice hardly. But God is always going to be fair and just. He'll always treat people the way they need to be treated. He'll even give us what we don't deserve, a lot of mercy. Boy, you can thank God for that. Thank God that he's always going to be fair. Psalms 154, 6 says, I'll praise your name, Lord, for it is good. Jesus, good Jesus, is good in every way. Everything in life that is good comes from our good God. 
good, loving Jesus. If God was not good, there would be absolutely no good in this universe that we live in or this world. This this would be a universe devoid of good things, good times, good tastes, good food, good everything, because everything that is good comes because we have a creator who is good in every way. Otherwise, we would have an absence of good, just like you would have an absence of love. This is pretty heavy when you think about it. I mean, Psalms 108, or no, Psalms 118.1 says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His love endures forever. His love endures throughout eternity. That means that He's always going to be merciful. Some of you maybe grew up with parents that were very inconsistent. Maybe they're going to be kind one moment, and the next minute they weren't going to be kind. Maybe they were sometimes merciful, and then they weren't merciful. Sometimes they were loving, sometimes they weren't. Sometimes they were gracious, sometimes they weren't. Well, what does that create? It creates insecurity. Inconsistency creates insecurity. But we can be the most secure people on the earth the more we draw near to Him and live out our lives for Him and become more like Him. You will become more secure because you discover God is consistent in every way. He will always be merciful, always be faithful, always be loving, always be kind, always be just, always be merciful, always given us what we don't deserve. God is always that way. No matter how badly you blew it today, yesterday, this week, and through the month, through the whole year, the good news is you come clean with God He'll always be merciful. He'll always get you, give you what you don't deserve. The grace and the mercy and the forgiveness. Second chance, third chance, fourth chance. God is incredible. So, in light of who God is, well, how am I going to go about thanking Him? Well, there's lots of ways, but what I want to address here this morning is, I, I just want to call it this, sing from my heart. And this is what we do when we come in here. The first thing we do we declare his praise. We offer up thanksgiving. And, and hopefully we're just not giving him lip service. And I don't think that's the, the, what's happening, the case in here. Because every time I worship with you and spend that time, I just feel the sense of authenticity and the realness of what's going on in this place. And a bear witness us by, by the Spirit of God that always seems to visit us in a very unique and precious way because of the authenticity of your hearts before the Lord. And that is so important. I mean, tone makes a difference. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that's been spoiled all their life and you do something for them. Maybe it costs you a lot and their response is really isn't much of a response, if any, and maybe a light thank you of that. And you just kind of feel like used, right? You ever been there? You just feel like, what? Very crushing. Well, <laughs> There's no way we could approach God who, is, who he is as we've just touched on a few things. The, the genuineness of our hearts before him and expressing thanksgiving is so important. I, I remember when we were in India a few years back and we were touring with Dr. K.R. Singh and all the stuff that's going on over there and we were his orphanage, one of the main places, tons of kids and and it was the last night we were going to be there, the last day. So we had a big celebration. 
And he brings in this small little ice cream cart. And it was a treat. It was a once-a-year event that they got this ice cream cart to come in. Because it was a, for them, it would be costly. And every one of those orphans got a little ice cream cone. Little, little ice cream cone. Well, we couldn't have one because of the parasites and stuff. We'd be taking a chance. But they were thrilled. I mean, you talk about grateful. Joy, smiles, excitement. I mean, we're like, it's a small ice cream cone. <laughs> They're like, this is amazing. And they were so thankful. They were overrun with joy. And that in itself made our trip. It was like, wow, this is so fun seeing these kids get blessed with this little ice cream cone. This is just contagious. It was awesome. And it makes you consider your own life. Am I thankful for the little things? And how does that affect the people around me? What's going on in the environment and the atmosphere that I'm in? How am I changing that through my own spirit of thankfulness and gratitude? What's happening through that? I tell you, a whole lot can happen through that. You can change an office. You can change an environment. You can change a culture. It was genuine. The smiles. Wonderful. And for us, if it ain't haagen don't even talk to me, Right? <laughs> We didn't care if we didn't get one. Just being around grateful kids was worth it. Psalms 147.7 says, Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. You know, we're grateful. <clears throat> grateful praise means thanksgiving. <clears throat> it's a spirit of heartfelt appreciation. Psalms 95.2 says, Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. One of the reasons why we start our services with song and worship and praise and thanksgiving. We want to give God the honor that is fully due Him, for we've been created to worship Him. Biblical priorities, we come in and we honor Him and prioritize Him in such a way as to invite you in and all of us in to offer us a heartfelt expression and praise and thanksgiving to God who is worthy. So important. Psalms 118, 19, 20 says, Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate, the Lord, through which the righteous may enter. Who are the righteous? You and I, through Jesus Christ. Bringing our corporate services, beginning with that spirit of prioritizing a heart that honors God in this way, I think is very appropriate. <clears throat> if you're self-conscious about that kind of expression, we talked a little bit about this when we talked about praise theme of praise. You know, for some people, we might seem a little wild. For some, we're still too conservative <laughs> and everything in between. You come in here and some people are moving a little bit more than you're maybe used to or lifting their hands and you're not sure what, what's going on sometimes. I, that's all right. Uh, look, here's the deal. Uh, if, if you're having a difficult time, you know, a little self-conscious, you know, even sing it loud, then practice it in private. I would encourage you to do that. Because what you practice in private, you're going to be able to do more in public. 
Because what you neglect in private, you'll neglect in the public. And what you practice in the private, you'll release power in the public. I believe that. So I would encourage you to step out and keep growing in the expression, even the physical expression of praise and worship. You say, man, I, you know, I kind of like to do one of those jigs I've seen. I'm not sure how to do that. Well, in your private time, practice with the Lord. Okay, God, one, I'm not sure, but I think I got, get, you know, a jig might turn into a jump. Yeah, it could happen. So I'm not sure about lifting my hands. Well, practice it in private. Lord, I just lift my hands. Like that song says, God, I got nothing else to bring. <laughs> I'll say, God is my praise. I got, what else can I? Every time we sing that song, it gets me, man. It just brings us right back to reality. Lord, what have I got for the king? <laughs> I just got my praise. That's all I got. And that's all you got. And express that before loving, good, faithful, powerful Jesus from your heart. And just lift your hands in your quiet. I say, God, I just lift my hands. I stand in your presence. And let him transform you through that. I remember the first time I lift my hand in public in church. Man, I grew up a Catholic, you know, and I didn't even sing. All of a sudden, I'm in this spirit-filled environment, and people are singing, and they're worshiping, and they're expressing. And there's hands going up all around me, and I'm going... I'd like to be able to do that. <laughs> it's like a big, big thing, you know. And I remember the first time doing this, finally going like this. I got about right here, because the pride level's right here, I think, somewhere. And, 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 and finally, I just broke through. I just went, and I'm all stiff and nervous. And then I opened up one eye and looked around. I realized nobody's looking at me. And I thought, oh. Proverbs 25 or 29, 25 says the fear of man has proved to be a snare. If you're really concerned about what others are thinking around you, that's going to be a snare. That'll hinder your spirit of thanksgiving and praise and what God's called you to do as his people, as he, he created you to be free in that. So liberate your life in that and keep growing in it. Some of you are making great strides. God bless you. You'll, you'll just continue to be transformed going from glory to glory. Here's another way we can offer thanksgiving. I'm trying to be practical. And this is just simply this, thank, thanking God in prayer. Now, I often hesitate to even mention the word in prayer in a setting like this because it tends to bring guilt on people. Well, I don't do enough of that. I mean, some of you probably just thought that when I said that. I haven't done that in a while. Hmm. You know, we, we categorize prayer into this little pigeonhole thing like it's only this, but prayer is so much more. So vast. You can be walk, driving down the road and have thoughts towards God, good thoughts and honoring Him and stuff, and that's a form of prayer, and it just goes on and on. So let's not, let's not get guilty. I, that's religious. God isn't keeping score, and you pray today, to, oh, big zero for today, no prayer. Zero. We get to heaven, He's going to, how come these days you didn't? What was wrong? What? Silly. God is so much bigger than that. His love is so much greater. Let's just call it conversation. <laughs> How about that? Talking to God. Okay, a conversation. It's like a friend. Lord, uh, I just want to thank you today for the car I got. It runs. Yeah, so grateful. And Lord, for that mattress I sleep on every night. I love my mattress. I sleep so good on it. God, I'm so thankful for that. And God is just being, his heart is being, is just wonderful. 
He's so pleased when we just talk to him and be practical and thank him for the simple things we often take for granted. I remember, well, first Psalm 69, 30 says, I will praise God's name in song, in song. And I will glorify him with thanksgiving, glorify him. Remember a real dry season I went through it. Back in the 90s, I specifically remember because it was right before I went through a transition. And inspiration was gone and I was just, uh, I was just kind of, uh, you know, you have those, do you ever have those seasons where you're just, uh, you're just kind of one step in front of the other and it's not fun and it's not glorious and God, where are you, you know? And it's not fun. And I remember specifically, I thought, I need to get up every morning and discipline myself to just take time just to be thankful. And I did that for about a month straight, or probably more. Every single morning, I made it a point to stop and just take, folks, sometimes it was a half an hour or more, just all they did was thank God for everything I could think of. Let me tell you what, as we said, that's one way to honor God when you're going through a difficult time. Why is that important? Because it'll keep your heart sweet. It'll keep you from getting sour and cynical and hard and calloused. It will protect you. You talk about armor. You talk about the supernatural aggressive faith Kathy was talking about. I believe Thanksgiving is an armor all in itself. And it will protect you and lift you and help you through those times. So do it often. It'll emotionally lift you up. Oh. Why else do we thank God? Well, because of what he's done. That's a no-brainer, right? What has God done? Psalms 52.9, For what you have done, I will always praise you. Spirit of thanksgiving. Well, first he created you. That's a big one. Lord, thank you. <laughs> Glad you kind of put me together. So grateful. He saved you. Saved you so you can live with him for eternity. That's a big deal. Another one, God, I thank you that you answer prayers. Every one of you in this room, whether you know it or not, you've had prayers answered. Either somebody else is praying for you or you prayed. And some of them we won't know until probably we get to heaven. We'll go, oh, that's how you answered it. Oh, that was clever. You're pretty smart, God. <laughs> you know, that's a good thing to be thankful for. God has answered. You know, you can pray, thank you, God, that he directs your life. He directs you through good godly people, through the word of God, through... Uh, Preaching, through ministry, through teaching, through circumstances, through impressions. God will guide you in so many different ways. You can thank him for that. You can thank him that Jesus came to earth to die for you so you could be forgiven. Can you imagine if somebody called you up today and said, hey, by the way, I canceled all your uh, credit card debt. Man, you go, what? Whoa. That would, for some of us, that'd be really amazing. And some of you real disciplined, well, I pay mine off every month, sorry. <laughs> what? Jesus died for your sins. He canceled everything that was opposed to us. Everything that stood in our way. The big wall we couldn't get over or through or under. He said, I tore it down. I shredded that note, that bill. Nailed it to the cross. You're free. That's huge. We could always thank God for that. The cross is so important today. God wants us to never forget what it costs to pay for our sin. He never wants us to forget that. Forgiveness is free, but it's expensive. I've said this before, because it costs Jesus his life. We've received communion this morning. I said the Greek word for, for, used for communion is Eucharist. 
It means thanksgiving. It means grateful. And it's a reminder. It is a memory tool. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. It's a symbol. It's an object lesson. It's, it's, it's a picture. The bread for his body, the cup for his blood that was poured out for us. So this symbol is a reminder that we do often, the Bible says, and we remember Jesus, and we do it publicly. And every time we do it publicly, we're saying, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I'm so thankful. It's a simple act. Like I said, we don't want to complicate it. But it speaks for itself. And we should have an attitude of thankfulness and celebration whenever we receive communion. You shouldn't feel guilty because Jesus said there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. He doesn't want you to labor under guilt. And he doesn't want you to be sad and mourn through communion. You should not experience grief through this time. Jesus beat death, man. He beat the grave. We should be rejoicing. Communion. It's a powerful, powerful, happy, joyful, victorious moment in the life of us all. We should have gratitude. You know, the opposite of Eucharist, uh, gratitude, thankfulness, is the Greek word eucharisto. Eucharist. And that means uh, the opposite of thanksgiving. It means ungrateful. Do you know we're living in an age today where the spirit of ungratefulness and entitlement and unthankfulness is pervasive everywhere? It's horrific. It's nauseating. It totally is, goes against the opposite of what communion describes that when we receive communion, we don't ever want to forget that the king came and died for his servants. You know, in all the other stories, the people die for the king. Only in the story of the gospel, the story of history, Jesus dies for us, the servant. Yet the spirit of this world would thumb their nose at that and live out this acharisto, ungrateful. You know, if you read 2 Timothy chapter 3, it's interesting. It gives you 19 signs of the end of the age. Now, I'm not saying we're close to the end. Of the, I don't know when that's going to happen. It could be 200 years from now. I don't know. But I know this. The world will continue to get more violent, more dark, more anti-God, more anti-Christ, more unthankful and dark. Yet the church will continue to grow brighter and more glorious and more powerful. And there will be this line of demarcation and people will clearly see. And one of the 19 signs is a Christo. It says unthankful, ungrateful. And we're seeing that even in the day we're living in. Communion reminds us, let's be the people of God that are thankful and shining with the spirit of thankfulness and gratefulness that totally opposes and stands out from the spirit of this age. Let that prevail through our own lives. And one of the other ways I believe Thankfulness can be expressed through our life. Remember, thankfulness is something that we're giving out of our hearts. The attitude of thanksgiving. Forgiving. Forgiving. A heart of gratitude will walk in forgiveness. Because you've been forgiven. You realize that. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. I'll do the same. And giving the good news. Your testimony of the greatest thing that's ever happened in your life, your encounter with Jesus. Isaiah 12, 4 says, Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. 
tell the world of his amazing love. If you're trying to tell people of his amazing love and your attitude's in the ditch and you look like Eeyore or sound like him, that ain't going to help. You know, if, when some, something really good has happened to you, you kind of want to pass it on. And Jesus is the best thing will ever happen to you. But if your attitude's sour and ungrateful and grumpy, you're not going to be convinced of anyone. That's probably when you need Jesus to take the wheel because you're hanging on to something. Jesus, take the wheel. Isn't that a great song? I love it that they sing it on secular radio. I love it. I wonder what people think. Jesus, take the wheel. I like that for some reason. I'm carrying a lot of stuff. Can we really do that? Can I? Can he? I bet they wrestle with that a lot. You probably do too, huh? <laughs> we all do at times. But you possess, every, you possess the one who possesses all. You are, think about this, you're God-possessed. Just sit on that for a while. I am God-possessed. I'm possessed by God. Woo! Hey, you know what? The Bible calls that a holy enthusiast. You should have a holy enthusiasm because of that simply because you are God-possessed. You've been forgiven. You, you, uh, des your destiny is heaven. You got the spirit of the living God in you, resurrection power. Man, I tell you what, that supersedes anything this broken planet could ever offer you. Nobody can ever offer you anything outside of Jesus Christ. You've got resurrection power. You have the best news. You got the golden ticket. Willy Wonka, right? So we show our gratitude to God and by letting others know about this good, glad, merry news that makes the heart sing and dance and leap for joy. Now, when somebody does something really amazing for you and impacts your life in an incredible way, you can't help but share it out of sheer gratitude. And uh, there's nothing greater than the impact that Jesus has had on every one of our lives in this room made a dead person live. Here's another one. I don't have time to get into this, but by simply giving back to God. When I'm talking about tithes and offerings, and you can read about the Macedonian church, they gave out of their poverty. They gave beyond their abundance, beyond their, actually beyond their lack. They gave, it was incredible, and they were exhorted to continue to grow in the grace of giving. Uh, because why is that important? Well, I think the level of our giving shows the level of our gratitude in a sense. Put your money where your mouth is. Hmm? Ooh, that, should I said that? You know, we tithes and offerings, there's where your heart is. Everything in the Bible is connected to your heart. Money's connected to your heart. Your treasure's where your heart is. And it, there's an expression. One of the reasons why we incorporate that even to our worship time, it's a simple, a, a, it's a great living physical illustration of us coming forward and putting our tithes or offerings in the basket saying, thank you, Lord. This is, this is ultimately yours. It was yours, and you allow me to steward it, and I'm giving back that which is already yours, and it's just a, it's an ongoing physical expression. Every time you give, whether you do it here or online or however you do it, it should be done with, Lord, thank you, and multiply this, and enable me to continue to grow in this so I can build the kingdom. Lord, this is a beautiful, precious opportunity and a, a, a stewardship responsibility you placed in my lap, and thank you for doing that, and I'm honored and I'll, I'll do my best. And God will smile on that. He says, yes, I want you to continue to grow and abound in this. Well, let me... 
I'm running out of time, but that's okay. We're almost done. Um, let me wrap it up kind of as, with this thought. Uh, Thanksgiving will not let what I want rob me of what I have. You got to sit on that for a minute. It's not going to let me rob me of what I want. It's not, Thanksgiving will not let what I want rob me of what I have. Because we all have wants. You know, better job, better house, better car, better vacation. And there's nothing wrong with that. God wants to, you know, he loves to bless his kids and those things are for your enjoyment. And, and there's nothing sacrilegious unless it becomes idolatrous. I don't want to get into that. But, you know, it's just, there's nothing wrong. But Ecclesiastes 6, 9 says this. I'll put it up here. Better what the eye see than the roving of the appetite. You're like, what? Come on. This is not riddle time. Better what the eye see than the roving of the appetite. Let me just explain that for a minute. In other words, better what's in front of you, right there that your eyes see, than that which you are longing for. Or better what you have than what you want. There is a sense of kingdom contentment. Better than that what's right in front of you than that which you just keep longing and reaching for. Better to embrace what God has given you than always wanting something more. What you have is better than always trying to find something else that will make you happy. That's a probably a more better way to say it. It's the power of thanksgiving. Gratitude turns what we have into enough, in a sense. Gratitude turns what is right before me or before us into enough when we recognize its blessings and how blessed we are to have it. It's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people who are happy. Uh, you got three meals a day? Thank you, Lord. Um, a lot of us here actually can pay somebody to serve us food. Thank you, Lord. We've got a uh, bed to sleep in, clothes, enough to eat. We've got more than one pair of shoes, most of us, you know, work shoes, casual, maybe some dress shoes. And we have, uh, you know, most, a lot of the world, they have one shoes or none. Um, most of us probably have one or two cars. Thank you, Lord, for that. If you have a job, do you know that you are extremely blessed beyond most in the world today? If you make minimum wage, you're making approximately 32 to 35 times the average wage of half the people alive today. Isn't that astounding? Most of us have a phone that's more like a computer. I mean, it does amazing things, right? You can uh, FaceTime somebody beyond talking. Uh, you can push buttons and send a signal to the heavens down to the pizza place and it shows up at your door. It's like, not sure how that worked, but it, it, it's pretty magical. Um, we're pretty blessed. And then... What we can do is we have the we have the uh, 
We can upgrade our working thing, our working phone that works really good, but I need an upgrade. Why? I don't know. I just do. So we go get, we upgrade our thing that's working really good to a better working upgraded thing because we're blessed. Isn't that cool? I mean, think about it, you guys. We are living the dream, the American dream with our phone. And the reason why I'm just bringing this up, I'm, nobody should feel guilty. This is, come on, we're not, this is just reality. This is where we live. And God says, utilize what you have to help people, bless people, build the kingdom. Just hold things loosely and let it flow and enjoy. But when you go to a developing nation, you go to, uh, I've been to India and China and different places, and if you go to these places and you meet these Jesus-loving, uh, worship team, come out, hurry. Uh, <laughs> if you go to these places, they love Jesus, they're following Jesus, they're living for Jesus. And when you meet them and you see that they got one pair of clothes, some have shoes, some don't, maybe one meal a day, a lot of them are living on $2 or less which is actually two-thirds of the world, a day. And I've, I've been in these people's presence, and I've seen them, and you see a, a joy. You see a substance of faith. And you scratch your head when you leave, and you kind of go, I strangely envy them. As we go home to our two or three cars and my cool phone and my nice mattress, and, my, and yet I, I look and I go, ah, I'm missing something. I want more of what they have, not more of what I have. I want more of that. Are you getting the picture this morning? So let's be thankful for what we have, because then if you are, it's always going to be enough when God is in it. Because God is so good, and we are so blessed. And let that spirit prevail in your life. Let that change you and transform you on a daily basis. Because it's not the happy people that are generous. It's the generous people the, that are happy. It's those kind of people, the thankful people. So let's not let what I want rob me of what I have. And until Christ really is all that you have, you probably don't really realize that Christ is all you need. Welcome to our weekly Church on the Rock podcast. For more information, visit us at churchak.org, download our Church on the Rock AK app, or like us on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy our weekly podcast.